make a uh, you know a new Jerry West logo, but it was based on offensive rating. It's gonna be Dwight Powell. I told him uh, halfway through the year, I was like, "Do you know the the half court efficiency numbers? Um, who has the highest points per possession in the NBA? I think it was the same as last year. The 100th percentile. It's Dwight Powell. Do you have that spreadsheet framed, just like hanging in your bedroom or your living room, above your fireplace, even? No, I actually don't look at any of that stuff during the season. Um, I think it's just bad luck one and. Is you can always improve regardless of of what it is that whatever ranking system is you gotta keep working hard regardless of what anybody else says and then once the season ends unfortunately the last few seasons haven't really ended the way we want them to so I kind of just flush all those and work on what I need to get better at. Well, I was at Mike's apartment the other day and he has it printed and hanging <laughs> up over his fireplace. So I got it framed. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah he he got mad at me when it, not mad at me he was like I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Stop, <laughs> stop talking to me about it um, in the middle of the season. But I had to tell him because uh, he's a badass. Like, you know, I've told him that a couple times throughout the season. And I hope he knows it. And I hope he knows how good he is. And thank you for hopping on our podcast. No problem. Thanks for good having Good to me. see you, man. Uh, did you watch the lottery last night? Yes, I did. Yeah? Uh, you care about that kind of stuff? I mean, obviously, yeah, for sure. It affects all of us. So, um, hey, I mean, we got some great young guys on our team right now. And, um, I'm excited about our future, regardless of if we have a top pick or not. So we still do have a pick, and there's some great players out there that um, may fall in our lap. So still, still excited for this off season and, and for next season. ESPN kind of did me dirty because I was at a bar and I'm looking up at the screen and I just see the Hawks logo pop up twice, and I'm like, "Oh, ours isn't up there yet. When's the Mavs logo gonna pop up? Because <laughs> you know you're just going 14 to one, and it's just like, okay, waiting for our our little picture to pop up." And I couldn't hear what Rachel was saying. Yeah, yeah. I never got picked. And I was like, oh, my God, we got the, we got top four pick. Yeah. And I go over to Bobby, and I'm like, why are you looking so sad? Because <laughs> I knew. <laughs> he's like, oh, we're 10th. And I'm like, no, that's the – oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> do you still watch a lot of college basketball? I mean, do you – especially Pac-10 or Pac-12, I guess it's called now, because you, you, you played at Stanford. I mean, how familiar are you with the college game? Um, not as familiar as I'd like to be. Um, it's tough during the season just because – we're obviously watching NBA games, watching film, or watching um, guys we're going to play against, and um, trying to get whatever advantage we can get through that. So I, wa- I try to watch some of the tournament as much of that as I can. Obviously, like everybody else, but um, yeah, I'll do some research now that now we know kind of where we're going to be and and see what guys are, I guess, projected to fall in that range. And um, but like I said before, I mean the moves we made last year and um, the position we put ourselves in this year with the young guys that we have. Uh, it's exciting, um, and I'm looking forward to watching those guys develop over this summer. And I know they're they're all hard workers, and they're going to come back better next year. So hopefully, we can hit the ground running. Last night, sitting there and thinking about one calendar year prior, how different the team was, and how different the roster was. It's crazy for us just working for the team and being fans of the team, but but you lived it. Mm-hmm. I know you got traded what twice in your first six months being in the league, but then there's some stability throughout you know most of your early career and then last year it's like whatever day that was end of what february 1 january 31st we're sitting on a bus in detroit and it's like oh my god yeah what's that what's that like to live through that man wherever i mean y'all were on the road so it's a little different and uh i'm sure it's just completely hectic but you show up one day and oh i got five new friends yeah it's it's definitely strange uh one of the first things i learned actually before i even entered the draft was I was told by some of my mentors that this is a business now it's not um it's not about necessarily 
the personal relationships you have. It's about what you can produce and, and the things that are going to be best for you individually and the things that are be best for the team. So um, it really is a business. And I learned that obviously really quick. I was traded multiple times in my first year. And um, I think that that helped me realize the importance of taking advantage of every moment you have in this league, one, and two, um, not taking anything for granted. So um, that moment for me as being the guy that stayed behind, uh, it's tough. It's You care about those guys on a personal level, and, and we may not have had the record that we wanted, but we did see some success together, and you, you, you love those moments when you see each other succeed on the court and when you compete together, and um, that brings guys close together, and it's, it's a bond that you always have. So especially the guys that were here for multiple years, it's, it's tough to see, them, to see them go, and you can only hope that it works out for both parties. And um, sometimes, unfortunately, that's not always the case, but I think in, in this situation it will be for, for all those guys. And um, luckily for them, um, those specific individuals are the definition of pros. Um, they're guys that are not petty at all, and they, they understand for sure that it's a business, and, and they're confident in, in their games, and they understand that they, are, they have value. And um, Sometimes you can look at those trade situations as, as a negative, or you can look at them as a positive. So um, teams wanted those guys. So um, their futures are all bright, and, and I know that they handled it the right way, and, and they were pros about it. So hopefully uh, everything works out for them. And, I mean, we're still in touch. Obviously, we're still going to play them, still see them around. So, But, yeah, it's always weird. It's always a strange, it's always a strange day and week and month and remainder of the season, really. Usually when you trade – in the NBA, you're getting a guy back that's going to help you immediately. And KP obviously didn't play second half of the season, so yeah. that makes it even weirder. Like, it's it's honestly one of the weirdest trades <laughs> that's happened in a long time just from the outside, and then you're going, okay, well, you know, Harrison's a leader on the team. Wes is a leader on the team. Well, Harrison was later, but uh, DeAndre's a leader on the team. Mm. And when you trade, you get something back. We didn't get any immediate things back. So you're going out there and you're going, okay, well, a lot of this talent is gone. How do we overcome that? You know, we were a 15 and 11 team at mm-hmm. one point in the second half of the season. It's like we're, we're fighting it. Um, so I can't imagine what uh, what that's like for a dude in that locker room. Um, not really a question. I'm sorry. That was just more of a statement. <laughs> um, observation. So uh, learning that it is a business, um, was that the hardest lesson you had to learn, I guess, off court? And what was the hardest lesson you've learned uh, in your time turning into an incredible basketball player on court? Um, let's see. I mean, the hardest lesson off court, I think I probably learned that honestly in high school. Um, and that's just about what it really costs, like the val- the value of improvement and the true cost. Because um, sometimes you think about it as hours spent in the gym, but it's it's a lot more than that. Um, dedicated practice is obviously one of the most important things to improving, but there's a lot of factors that go into supporting dedicated practice that don't happen inside the gym, that don't happen between the lines, that... I was fortunate enough, the situation I was in in high school, the sacrifice I made leaving leaving home at such a young age, come to another country just for the sake of basketball, um, it clicked for me pretty early, and um, and I carried that obviously through for my for my entire collegiate career and, and into the pros. Um, so I think that's definitely the most important thing. Um, and then on the court, I guess in that kind of same vein, is understanding that even though the opportunities and the the I guess the lifestyle that now is available and um, being a professional athlete affords you, um, you have to find a way 
within yourself to make it cool to be in the gym rather than some other stuff you could be doing and make it cool to stay home, I guess, on, on some, some nights when you need to stay home. Now, obviously, you're going to spend time with your teammates and, and enjoy your life, but, uh, yeah, the sacrifices you make are are important, and you have to understand that that's the true cost of, of staying in this league. I mean, there's some guys that are gifted that um, just have incredible talent that they were born with, that they're able to, to do these amazing things and, and maybe not necessarily put in um, the same level of work. Not that they don't work, they obviously do, but... Um, they kind of start at a different level. So for guys that kind of start at a lower level that have to fight to get up to the to the level of being in this, in this league, you have to have a mentality of constantly trying to improve. Is that one of the things that you learned from Dirk? I mean, I, I remember at the end of the season, we had you over up against the, the wall over there after practice one day, and you said that playing with him showed you, you know, you try and get here three hours early, and he still had you beat by an hour. <laughs> I mean, is that something that you learned from him, or did you did you always have that within yourself? Yeah, so he definitely was one of those guys to me that helped me realize that, I mean, being first in and first out was a cool thing to do and was like a, was something that was you should never be ashamed of it. Um, and working hard was, wasn't just about improving individually, but in a way, so him working hard obviously helped our team because he got better. Um, from day one in his career, he has improved a ridiculous amount and he started at a very high level so that that speaks to him and, and what he wants to achieve individually but on a I think an even more important level is his effort and his hard work and his time and dedication in the gym put a tremendous amount of pressure on his teammates to improve and a pr tremendous amount of pressure on his coaches and on management on everyone to rise to that level of dedication and you can see it if you look back through the history of this team and the time he spent here that that's been the case um guys come here and they get better um and that legacy that he left um i think has staying power and will continue to kind of and and really in the city of dallas honestly professional sports wise because he's it's known the things that he's done so coming here um i definitely did i was aware obviously that i needed to improve and i was w ready to put the work in but um kind of Competing with him in that kind of realm um, helped me make even bigger steps. You're kind of the torchbearer now, too, because all of a sudden you look up at the end of the season and you're now, what, the second or third longest tenured Mav. <laughs> and you're one of the older players that's still on the team, even though you're, what, only 27 or something? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it creeps up on you. Yeah, it's crazy. so younger and the roster's turned over a couple times. And, you know, now that the team is kind of on the, on the upswing again, do you feel like you're the old head or the vet guy or the, the tone setter or any of those things that in the past we've just kind of all thrown on to Dirk as the, as the <laughs> old guy. But now you're one of the, you're one of the longest tenured guys. You're one of the most experienced, one of the leaders. Yeah, it's definitely guys. When I came in the league, especially my rookies, the summer before my rookie year, when, um, when we had open gyms or, or workouts, a lot of the older guys would be like, Hey, Make sure you enjoy it because you'll blink and you're five years in and then you'll blink again and all of a sudden it's 10. And I really felt like I blinked because it's it's gone by so quick. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be an adjustment period now that our roster has gotten a little younger and I'm one of the older guys, quote unquote, and um, have been around this this organization for some for some years now. Um, so I think there is some responsibility on me to um, to show these young guys how it's supposed to be done and and carry on kind of the teachings that, that Dirk left behind and, and try to carry on his legacy in the right way. But 
I mean, like I said before, we have so many great young players, um, and it's getting it's becoming a very young league in general. And we have some some extremely exceptional, talented um, young guys that I think already have a lot of those um, intangibles, and they have the essence of what it means to be to be a maverick and to be a hard worker, and and, and they want to win. So I know hurt a lot of guys this year how things ended and how things turned out. So as a young player, to see guys frustrated already um with with winning with not winning um that's the most exciting thing for me because they're not too they're not overly focused on their own performances they want to win they understand the value of that um so i'm I'm excited have you thought about preseason game one or game one of the regular season whenever we're at the AAC for the first time and you sit down in your locker and you look to your left and someone else is there it's not dirty anymore <laughs> I don't know. I kind of fully expect him to be there. <laughs> to show up yeah. out of nowhere. <laughs> maybe he might not be in a uniform, but I kind of I can't imagine him not sitting there. It's going to be strange. Um, plane plane flights are definitely going to be strange because um, I sit beside him on the plane and we've have hours and hours of conversations. Or um, he'll just poke me when I'm sleeping and try to mess with me or whatever it is. And um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be weird, but. Knowing him, he'll be around. He'll want to be around. And I think he needs some time right now to just be with his family and, and enjoy his retirement for sure. But um, I would be shocked if he wasn't there at game one. <laughs> one of the things I love about this offseason and the potential of this team going forward is the flexibility, obviously, of KP, of Luca, positional-wise, you being able to start or come off the bench and still deliver incredible numbers. Um, what do you think about this roster in terms of how you fit playing if you start next to Luca and KP if you come off the bench um to me y'all three in the starting lineup would just raise hell on other teams defenses um but how do how do you see that working out what do you care if you start do you just want to get out there and play your minutes and you know do what you've always done yeah honestly I'm not sure um I'm really excited to play with with those two guys together obviously I haven't played with um KP well, at least in a real game uh so I'm definitely looking forward to that. Where, when it comes down to starting or not starting or whatever the lineups may be, um, I mean, there's always flexibility with that. And I think I've prepared myself over um, the last five years for whatever is going to get thrown at me. And uh, my focus is, like we talked about earlier, is to be as efficient as possible in whatever role it is and, and help the team win. So um, I think we'll have some some ability to try some different things out next year and, and depending on who we're playing and, depending on the situation and the time of year, I think we'll we'll have some fun with that for sure. I'll ask you a couple of questions about one of your good friends on the team, Maxi. Um, it seems like this year he really took the jump to where it's like, okay, this guy's going to be in the league for a long time uh, with the work he put in, working on his body, working on his bounce, shooting threes more, um, just shoot him even when he's not hot. Um, talk to me about his development this season, this offseason, and what you expect from him going forward. I mean, it's been great to see. Um, I mean, a lot of things he's, a lot of things he did this year that guys would see as something new. Like we've known he's been able to do, and it's it's great to finally see him being able to put everything together and um, and compete at that level. So, but there's still more I think underneath the hood that he's that he's developing, that he's working on, that he's preparing, and and he's such a hard worker that it's it's going to come out for sure. So um, that's an extremely exciting piece too. Um, I mean, not as young as some of these teenagers or <laughs> that we have <laughs> but still a young guy and um got a lot of basketball in him so um 
I know he's working hard right now. He's not here right now, but he's uh, he's definitely working. So um, that's another thing really excited for. What is IMG Academy like? Because when you look at it from the outside, it, I think it's like the X-Men school. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Professor Xavier's school for exceptionally talented athletic kids or something. Um, and I've never been to never watched. I think I've watched a couple of their football games and mm. know a couple of people like you that have gone there. But what is what is that experience like to get trained so specifically from a young age uh, in that fashion? Um, I mean, it, it worked. <laughs> it did work, yeah. First and foremost. No, it was, it was a good experience. It was it was what I needed, for sure. Um, I mean, coming from the situation I was in in Canada, um, it was a big change, obviously. I think for anyone in a public school going there, um, and then obviously in a different country, too, it was a huge, huge change, and there was an adjustment period. But it was um, it was kind of a a safe version for a young kid of, of, of a university experience. So it was, you had to manage your time well. Um, there was hard, long practices. There was, there was mental conditioning. There was, there was media training. There was separate weightlifting, and there was conditioning all throughout your week, and it was scheduled, and you had to balance that with your study hall hours with your SAT prep, and then you had school. So they did a good job of really teaching you how to manage your time, and I think that's one of the the greatest gifts that they kind of give their students is um, learning that if you want to be a pro and you want to be great, you're going to have to find a way to make time for the things that are important to you. And they kind of lay out what's going to be important for you. <laughs> so they make it a little easier. Um, but it's a, it's a fairly regimented, um, structured environment that um, – really caters to developing pro tendencies and 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 high level collegiate tendencies um so the schooling was great obviously it was des specifically designed to prepare you for university and there was college prep there was ap and all that stuff and sat prep and you could actually take some university courses there if you were in that situation um the practices were long <laughs> they were they were hard they were intense i think one of the philosophies while i was there um Mike Moreau, when he was there, he was director, and he was, he was like, the more time you can spend with the basketball in your hand, um, the better. And that was that was kind of what we did. And, um, I mean, my coach, Vince Walden, he's, he's still coaching now in, in, in college. He he dedicated so much time, and he set the example of, of what it means to try and improve. And he was trying to improve as a coach, too. So he showed us that um, there was no limit to the amount of work that you could put in. Um, so... Yeah, it, it was uh, it was a good experience overall. It was it was a great learning experience, and it was a it was a an invaluable stepping stone for me in the transition period of kind of becoming a, a quote unquote man or becoming a uh, trying to become a pro. Does the success you've had and guys like Wiggins and Kelly Olynyk and Corey Joseph and all these other guys from Canada and of course Toronto being really good the last five ten years now, do you feel like basketball is kind of becoming more popular in Canada or is is it still a, a U.S. game that you got to move to the U.S. to play? It's definitely becoming more popular. I think you're going to see some more guys coming out in this draft and next draft, and um, we got we have tons of young guys coming up. And now the the younger age group um, is consistently having more talent, whereas before it was kind of the talent was kind of percolating to the top at the older age groups. But now we're able to identify some great players very young. And I think that's kind of the indicator of the popularity in the country of, of basketball. So um, it's definitely becoming more and more popular countrywide, um, which is exciting. 
Um, I mean, we don't have nearly the same population, obviously, as the U.S., so the numbers are always going to be – are always going to reflect that. Um, but, hey, you never know. But um, it's definitely becoming more popular. Getting drafted where you got drafted, what, 45th? Yeah. I think in the second round, getting moved twice in your first six months. Whenever you were coming into the league, what did you think – like my road to an NBA long-term career was like, did you think you'd be playing center and a guy that dunks the ball 99 times a season uh, and is just um, exceptionally efficient in half court pick and roll? Or do you think I might play the four and maybe I need to, you know, be a back to the basket type guy? Um, it's hard to say, honestly, um, same kind of the same pretty much conversation when I was told this is a business before I even got drafted was um, you need to find a skill you need to find something that kind of that someone will say this is what he does and he does it every night and we can build around it but at least we know we're getting this um so the position I was in that was I had to come off the bench and be as efficient as possible and and defend as hard as I could and play as hard as I could and um bringing energy had to be my calling card so whether I was on the floor or not um I had to be a guy that picked my teammates up and supported them and um, found way, find ways to affect the game, even if I wasn't on the floor. So, um, yeah, the, the specific route was never clear. I just wanted to compete. That was all. Last question. What does technology in society mean? Cause I just think it means robot cars. <laughs> uh, you're for an SDS. <laughs> yeah. So science, technology, and society. It's, uh, so the major, the purpose of the major is to kind of be the the bridge between the the engineers and the creatives. So you have a you have kind of a a foot in both camp, and you have an understanding of I guess psychology and communication and um, a little bit of design, and then you have an understanding of programming, you have an understanding of of engineering, and understanding of that side and that world. So you can kind of be the bridge essentially between the two and um you can obviously pick to go all the way one way or the other but um that was kind of the the goal with that that major i think so <laughs> robots playing basketball or yeah essentially that's yeah. that's that's what i described yeah <laughs> that's, what that's what he said long yeah. form yeah well, awesome man thank you so much for your time hope yeah, you have a great you. off season um white pal the 100 percentile <laughs> hey. hardest working man in the nba thank you <laughs>